You're listening to Sacred Sips, the podcast that normalizes uncomfortable conversations about spiritual topics that normally stay hidden in the shadows. I'm Rochelle Paye, an intuitive channel. And I'm Serena Myers, an author and sacred transformation coach. And we're glad you're hanging out with us today. Grab your favorite buddy, kick back, and let's jump in. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Sacred Sips. Oh, we have a really busy summer, and so we have been batching our content. We haven't gotten to hang out as much, and it is so fun to be able to spend the time um, making these shows for you. And we love when you're sending us messages and letting us know what's in your cup or letting us know what your big takeaways are. Like, you are truly such a gift to us. Um, so if you don't know me, I'm Serena Myers, and I'm hanging out with my bestie, Rochelle Paye. Rochelle, since this is all about sacred sips, we're having a little virtual tea party here. What is in your cup? So I am drinking a celestial peach country tea. I just wanted that beautiful, sweet chamomile this morning, um, which has been followed by a coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I totally did mine in reverse. I started with the coffee and then I've moved into the tea. And it's so funny because we never have the same brand of tea. And today, today we do. I'm also drinking celestial seasonings. Mine is um, honey vanilla chamomile. And it's kind of in my go-to like little like hug in a cup. And we have been in some super transformational energy the last while. Like I just keep feeling that need for a little bit of comfort. So tea is nice. Hanging out in my weighted blanket has been really nice. And I know that this is building up to uh, what's going to be airing on this week's Lionsgate portal, which is happening on August the 8th. And we've got something really cool that's happening about that. And we're going to tell you about it at the end of the show. But before that, since we're talking about lions, it is Leo season. This is like where the crowds cheer for all the Leos to come out. And And we love it. (laughs) Fluff up their manes. (laughs) Yeah, You feel a little strut happening in the shoulders and you're just like, I don't know. I, you know, I grew up, um, you know, in that kind of like competitive girl mode, I didn't really have a lot of really close girlfriends. And I certainly didn't have any that were Leos until like end of high school. And so now that I have you and like some other really close friends who are Leos, like I fucking love this like pride mentality that we get to be in, that we get to really step into that lion power and that, um, I, I want, is it Leonin? Is that how we, you would say like the fe- a female Leo? Cause that's the power that I'm talking about. It is. Mm women Leos are the shit. Like they're just so great. They're so great. And it's really when they know it, when they claim it, it is so beautiful to witness even by non-Leos, I'm sure. It's actually funny because I am the exact same as you growing up. I feel like I had no other Leo friends and there was a little bit of that specialness like with it, you know, I am the only Leo. Um, And since getting older, a lot of really powerful, intuitive women are Mm -hmm. Leos that have really entered this kind of pack and we're all doing our own thing. But at the same time, I'm cheering on every single person and it's so beautiful. And somehow spirit has created all these leo intuitives to find each other <laughs> which yeah, they i all, love they all they all turned up in vancouver at the same time at the same tea party literally it was weird you guys um but also so cool and it really neat 
because I know when I entered that space originally, I was still like, I call it like healing my, my Leo wound. So I come from a family of mostly Scorpios and my Leoness was literally ridiculed a lot when I was a kid. And I'm doing a lot of work around that right now. And so to, you know, in that budding stage of like wanting to be seen, cause that's my natural state and also holding back because I was made fun of for wanting to be seen. And then to see these other women standing in it and owning it and being seen and being like, wait a minute, I don't think there's anything wrong with them doing that. I actually think it's pretty fucking great. Um, and then to know that that was like to give myself permission of like, oh no, Serena, you can shine. You can do it if you want to. You can leave your cares behind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, um, you know, uh, joining that group and, and being around those women, uh, these women who are our friends, like it was so, um, soothing for my soul to witness and to know that that if it was possible for them it was possible for me too mm. yeah i don't know about for you but for me that that being too much you know yes. being too showy um you know being confident and being okay to strut your stuff like that was really viewed down upon um mm. and my family has always said like in our wedding speeches like all my family was like rochelle just beats has the beat to her own drum like it's like every single person was basically like she is weird <laughs> and then my really eccentric friends were like what the hell are you talking about she is so tame compared to me but just the perception of really always following my own path like I feel like that's a lot of that Leo energy for me anyways has really been that guider and feeling that I can't like I've tried so many times to pivot into other people's comfort zone but I'm just left feeling devastated in the wake it's really interesting because like lions as an animal like they are they're pack animals like they have their pride or whatever right they they travel in groups they hunt in groups the women are the ones doing the hunting or just well, let's just say that um but what I seem to witness in people, um, especially spiritual women who are happen who happen to also be Leos, is that it's not enough to just belong in a pack or a pride. It has to be the right group. And so when we have that disconnection where we're the weirdos in the family, we almost need to be okay to go it alone, even though that's not our natural state. But in going it alone, we get to find our actual pride. We get to find the people who um, who we can travel with, who we can be supported by, who can witness us in our glory without being threatened or think it's too weird or whatever. Um, and But we have to make that journey to, to get there and we have to make the journey on our own, even though that's actually not our natural state. Um, which is really awkward. Like for me, I always had a lot of, and I still kind of deal with it a little bit. Like I have some some shame about wanting to do something different and i've made i've been made to feel guilty for wanting to carve another path my family would never call me someone who marches to her own drum they would um they have i've literally been told i have a stick up my ass and they think i'm a snob because i want something different than them it's not about better it's just about different and so um you know it was really hard to go it alone and to try to find my way before i found my people but that sense of people now like that family and to have like that chosen family the ones around me that i know are like my people um that's where it became safe for me to fully express my leoness mm. 
It's interesting because I believe it's Esther Hicks. It wasn't through Abraham, but it was Esther Hicks that said the more she delved into this world and really connected with her truth, the smaller her group became, but the quality of those relationships were so impactful that she couldn't imagine having anything else. So it was like to be able to really just show up fully in your authentic truth and just as the weirdo is like, here I am, actually gifts that vulnerability for people to be like, hey, like that's me too. And and find that safe space. And I think that's really important because when we shut ourselves down, you know, I was known as the chameleon, not a Leo at all. Like I was very much the chameleon that could adapt to each person. It's like, I think the term floater in high school, like I, I got along with everyone, but no one really knew me. And there was a moment where one of our teachers had us write down things for every single student in the class that we really loved about them because a teacher had done it for him and he kept it in his wallet. And he said he would come back to it in times he really struggled. So I genuinely went to each person. I took the time to write, you know, something about them. And I came back to my paper and I had blue hair at the time. And every single person said, I like your blue hair, except for a couple people. Uh. And, but it was so at the time, I it was hard, but it was so revealing with how much I didn't actually show up other than the essence of this like blue haired, you know, who thought she was a massive punk kid. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and it was very revealing that I haven't let people get to know me and that was my safety, but I didn't know how else to show up to that differently. Yeah. And I, I think what's neat too, is that living that truth isn't just, oh yeah, that's me too, but if someone else is a different flavor of different from what they're used to, um, it becomes that permission for them to, to be their own, their own flavor of weird or different or whatever, which I think is, is really huge and really important. Um, and I think there is a lot of vulnerability in allowing yourself to be fully seen because then it becomes, well, what if people don't like what they see? So it's almost like before we can do the work of being seen, we have to do the work of, liking ourselves first so that if they don't like what they see, fuck them, <laughs> right? Like who cares? But we need to have that clarity in who we are and love that and own it in every sense um, before we're like opening up the trench coat to show what's underneath um, and be okay with whatever the reaction is going to be. Mm. For some reason, I saw crystals and then it was like the naked body. So I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> the gems that is your our naked form like it's <laughs> the gift of the naked form mm, i love yeah. uh, renee brown talking about the vulnerability hangover and i think that that's really true i know i felt that with my book and i had created space for it originally um because i wrote told a lot of personal stories in there and i was like okay great so like the week the book comes out i'm not going to take any clients i'm going to really nurture myself and then amazon didn't ship the book for like 10 days later or something so by the time everyone was reading all of my naked stories. <laughs> um, I was back to regular life and I had that pressure of like, holy shit, holy shit, like everyone's going to know. And then also, so what? Which came in, like it came in much later, but there was a, a really big calm in that. I mean, and I already had made the choice to put the stories in the book. It's not like I didn't know. It's not like someone, you know, outed me to the universe. I outed me, like I'm the one who told the story. And there is a really powerful reclamation, particularly with the things that we feel maybe like a little dodgy about or a little sketchy or, or, or shameful or whatever to reclaim them and own them and just be like, yeah, 
that's my truth. And even though that is uncomfortable, it is less uncomfortable than being terrified that someone's going to find out. Mm. Yeah, I so very different. So not as publicly. Um, part of my uh, 12 step program basically is to do a fourth step inventory. And for those of you that don't know the 12 steps, the fourth step is basically making a complete inventory of all the things that either happened to you or that you have done to other people. And then the fifth step is sharing it with someone else. Mm. So my sponsor at the time, I had basically a whole journal filled with things and it took us three separate days. And in hindsight, that's a lot of time for someone to gift me for me to speak my basically my shit because it's like you, no one gets paid in the program. It's all volunteer. And every single time I would share something, sometimes it would, it would be so hard for me and so emotional and so vulnerable. And then it would be like, oh, like that's it. Or some of the really hard raw pieces, it was like just the love that could stand on the other side of the reverence of thank you for sharing that with me. And what a lot of people don't tell you is after you do that whole process, there's this kind of assumption that you're going to feel great and everything's been shared, but the vulnerability hangover was so hard. It was so like, oh my God, people know, like I burnt that journal. I didn't want anyone to find it. It was like one other person kept my secrets, but if you still feel that they need to be kept secret, then it's like, well, you need to then start speaking about it and sharing it with other people. So for me, I've been very fortunate that I've had a lot of really phenomenal friends from the 12 step community that I've been able to share that with to get over a lot of my shame, but that vulnerability hangover is it's real y'all like it's real it's so funny because i had this thought when when as soon as you mentioned the 12-step program i thought oh i bet you the anonymity makes that a whole lot easier and now i'm on the other side of it i'm like no serena that is a big fucking assumption and you are wrong because <laughs> it sounds like it's i mean i think it's as soon as i think as soon as we give voice to something that we feel shame about there is that vulnerability of holy shit somebody else knows but at the same time takes away the power of the shame because now the, the shame isn't going what if somebody finds out somebody knows it's out there and i will say like so the anonymity piece in essence can make it easier because someone doesn't know you they might not be connected to your life so think about the amount of times at least i did drunk telling stranger shit that it was <laughs> like that i was like oh good i i could get that out like because i knew i'd never see them again but to tell someone that was then intimately connected with my life or to bridge into my family members or into even my own husband um it was a different sense of vulnerability because it's that whisper that's underneath it all of like, what if I'm a monster? What if they can't love me within all of this? Mm -hmm. But then also the medicine of, thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for trusting me with your story. Like how beautiful. And I mean, I think the power of being witnessed in your process is like, is amazing anyway. But I think like, I think it might be a little bit extra for Leo because we really do like to be seen. We don't like to be vulnerable because we're very proud, but we like to be seen. And being seen in a vulnerable process means to be fully, truly seen. You know, it's not, hey, I really like your blue hair. It's, hey, I really love the person inside there. That's really powerful. And um, 
I think it's easy sometimes um, that you can dismiss when you're liked because, oh, you're, you're, you're well connected or you have like really good social media numbers. And so you're an influencer or, oh, they just like me because like, I'm really charismatic, but they wouldn't like me if they knew the real me or, you know what I mean? Like there's so many different reasons of ways that we can talk ourselves out of why people just like us. And for someone to see you, trench coat open, crystals and nudity, um, and like you anyway, I think that is such medicine to the the shadowy parts and the littlest parts of ourselves that feel unlovable. I'd also say the healing for others that can come when you start sharing your story, because the more you do speak about it, the vulnerability doesn't necessarily fully go away. But when you kind of claim those parts of you, they don't feel so lost and tender. But what I found by speaking about some of my really deepest, darkest times, it's like, that's when people reach out and say, thank you, because I thought I was alone in this. But I will say my Leo aspect of wanting to be special <laughs> growing up, <laughs> wanting to be the only one, the very first meeting I went to for my addiction, everyone I shared, and I was so at a point of just needing something else in this life. I was hurting just so much. And every single person in that room was like, oh yeah, like me too, or I did that. And there was that part of me that was called out because my story was, I am so special. I am so broken. Like, woe is me to then have some people find that room to be like, oh wow, I'm with my people. And I was like the audacity of them. <laughs> so like, what do you mean? I'm not special and alone in this pain. <laughs> And you know, the funny thing is that if you weren't a Leo, that would be the most soothing thing in the world. Cause they'd be like, oh great, I'm not that weird. Or this isn't that shameful. I'm not the only one. But for a Leo, it's like, excuse me? <laughs> Are you sure? Because like, I'm pretty sure I feel this pain like way worse than anybody else. <laughs> I think it might be true of all fire signs. Like that. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, a, a Sag does have like, a pretty good flair for the dramatic and my son's an Aries. So yeah. Yeah, there's, there's definitely something to that too. So with the Leo, like I've always kind of felt like I am and I'm not, but when I finally explored further into my chart, like I have a cancer moon and I also have a Virgo rising and I didn't realize how much they impacted me. And it really made sense that, cause a lot of people have told me in my life, oh, I would never have suspected you were a Leo. So for like, what are your signs? Like how, how do you feel with that? No one has ever said they never suspected me as a Leo. As soon as they say they're Leo, I'm a Leo. They're like, oh, of course you are, is usually the reaction I get, which used to be really harmful to my little heart. Because I'd be like, hey, it doesn't matter. I also have a Cancer moon. Um, and so I think that that's where like our deep intuition comes from, our sensitivity. I think it takes a, the edge off of some of the hardcore, hardcore Leo traits, which are quite, they can be brash sometimes. Uh, and I think I have a little more of the brashness than you do, but... Um, it's just because you're nicer than I am. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I have, I have a Taurus rising and, uh, that I think that's part of what anchors, um, a lot of the fire and the water that I've got going on in my chart. But I think it's also what has made me like, I think that's where some of the accusations of being a snob and whatever come from, because I do have like a taste for some finer things. Like, you know, when we first started the call and I was like trying to find my special pen, it was like my $60 pen that I love and writes better than any, you know what I mean? Like I treasure some pretty stupid stuff in, in, in those ways. And I know that that's like my Taurus coming out. And it's not that I think that it's like that I'm better than anybody because I have this like stupid fancy pen, but, but I, I, 
I, if I had the choice, I'd rather write with it. <laughs> and that's totally not where my family comes from at all. They're, they're, they've got different priorities. How would you say the Virgo rising shows up for you? I find that so interesting. Well, it's funny because I realized I have a lot of chaotic mess to others that is actually organized to me. <laughs> so I'll have a messy room, but I know where everything is. If I clean it up, like I know we've talked about this before, like the, the comfort and the chaos, but I actually will have my own methodology of how to put things together. And I feel it really balances my ability to really connect this world and the ethers. So I can see things differently. A lot of people will say, oh, like, I feel like I can relate to you or you can explain this in a way that makes sense. But I think my biggest nerd out is that my husband and I just purchased a whole bunch of new camping stuff for the season. And we have an apartment and we have a tiny storage locker and the two of us gutted it. And we managed because he's a Virgo, he's like a full sign Virgo. And we rearranged it and we got everything in with space to spare. And I was like, and that is a Virgo celebration. Right Did you Tetris it? Was it like straight up Tetris? <laughs> Um, a little bit like, but I've always been able to like appreciate my pack ratness because I can always, whether it's traveling, whether it's at home, like I can fit more in all the time. So I have also these unique abilities to organize in ways that don't make sense to others, but that's also a very Virgo trait, I would say. Well, and Virgos have like that beautiful, like analytical mind too, where they can just assimilate information and what you do and what I witness you do in your work. Um, you know, it might not be spreadsheets and accounting and whatever in the way that a lot of Virgos would lean into that. But the 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 stuff that you're assimilating from the ethers is so cool because your brain is just naturally able to to do it and to put it all together and to see the pieces and how they fit together. See, I never thought of that because living with a Virgo, my husband assimilates so differently. Like we'll have issues and then he goes away, he comes back and he's like, oh, I thought about this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like still in the dramatic flair of the Leo. That's your cancer <laughs> moon though too. <laughs> that, fair, fair. <laughs> the cancer's a bit more sulky. The Leo is like the drama of the whoa is me. <laughs> I guess I've never actually really looked at that with how that correlates to being able to support people before. So that's your magic. Hmm. You just didn't see it. <laughs> I think it's a lot easier to see other people's magic than our own sometimes. Like it's really easy to just, um, I think we kind of naturally dismiss some of the things that we're really good at unless someone thinks to ask us. And, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording, but like, when someone said to me, like, what is the thing that everyone commends you on? Like, what's the thing that you get the most compliments on? And like, I get compliments on my design and graphic stuff and whatever. Um, and I get compliments on like how I hold space, but those are things that other people do. But the thing that I hear the most that is like unique to me is like, you are always Serena. Like if, you know, if we run into each other at the grocery store, if we're on a coaching call, if we're in a Facebook group, you are the same person the whole time. And um, and, you know, that claiming of self uh, took some work, let's be honest, right? So being in that space of being able to claim it and own it and, and, and live that truth is, is huge, especially when I've been shamed for being a Leo. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm a ham and I like to be the center of attention. I love photo shoots. <laughs> like, I, yes, look at me. And it's, um, it's weird to kind of own it. It's, I don't even know why I ended up on this path. Why did I start talking about this? But <laughs> this is how my brain's been lately. Um, but yeah, to have to to know what you're good at, um, 
you know, it, it's, it's a really essential thing, especially if you're in that place of wanting to be the youest you that there ever was, which in my, like, what, what else did we come here to do? <laughs> like, that's kind of where I'm at right now. The more I dig into my studies, the more I'm like, no, I just, I came here to be Serena. And how can I be the best Serena I can be? I feel like that's the piece. Like I get a lot of people that feel that they need to still clear karmic ties like him and all these things. But a lot of what the guides bring forward, even in my one-on-one sessions with people is like, no, it's like, that's all clearing when we're in childhood still. And so a lot of people still take say previous lifetimes where that was their Dharma to clear into this lifetime, not realizing that the jewel inside themselves is this. And so we do have a lot, like we're not perfect by any means in this world, but we do have a lot more resources to help us really find the essence of who we are and what we stand for and what we value. But often it does take other people to start questioning, well, what does that mean for you? Or, you know, and when people start questioning, we start to realize, oh, like this is totally a unique thing just for me. I just assumed everyone else has it. Mm -hmm. So we make a lot of assumptions because we live our lives through our own perception, our own essence, not realizing the gifts that we have until we start having the conversations with other people. Oh my gosh. And entrepreneurs have the hardest time with this too, because they have no, first of all, they have a hard time charging for the things that are easy for them. Because they're like, well, like, yeah, doesn't like, can everybody do that? Like, what's so special about that? But not everybody can do those things. It's actually really, really valuable. And sometimes it can be even really hard to like fully articulate the impact that you have and that you create when, you know, you're not necessarily seeking validation from the outside of like, so how was that for you? You know, can you, can you please fill out this questionnaire or whatever? So like, you, you know, you're seeing people love these lives, you're seeing your impact at work, but giving it words and articulating it, like that's a whole other beast. And a huge part of that is like not actually even knowing what your contribution was when it was like the pivotal thing that created that change in the first dang place. This is where I feel like it gets into the space of the figuring it out mind rather than the embodied knowing, because mm -hmm. I, I remember a lot of spiritual teachers I've heard over the years is like, look at what you loved as a child that will often indicate your gifts. Well, I was the kid where every teacher was like, Rochelle's very empathetic. And it's like, I'm like, how do you turn that into a career path, guys? Not realizing at the time healing. And now that I do it, it's like, I see the benefit and the gifts of that. But when you think of all the skills people often talk about, I didn't feel I had skill sets that could equivalent into a career path for me, not realizing the magic was within this whole time. And that's the beauty of even intuitives. Every single person has their own vibrancy, has their own connection. And I know a lot of people are like, well, how do you, who do you know to trust? How do you know if you can trust psychics? And I would just say like, let your heart guide you to that because you're going to know the essence in the person, but it does get hard when people are talking to you and, and it's like, well, this is how spirit works through me. And being able to even ask those deeper questions of people. Well, like what time frame do you connect to? Like, is it this lifetime? Like, what are you seeing? So we don't realize they're the gifts I have. We don't realize that we can cultivate a deeper understanding by that questioning process, even within yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I had a rant yesterday about timelines um, and the divine, how the divine will set you if you're seeking love, for instance. And it's like, oh, well, soon. It's like, soon by what measure? 
Soon on what scale? Because human soon and divine soon is not the same soon. Oh man. And I, I love what you mentioned about the, um, like about the trusting of the heart and knowing who the right one to help you is. And sometimes it is not going to make logical sense to you. Like the certification I'm doing right now is a perfect example. Like you and I went over that sales page and like, I already know and do and live a huge portion of what I'm learning. But there was something in me that was like, nope, it's a yes, it's a yes, it's a yes, I got to do this. And now I'm starting to put the pieces together and say, okay, this is why. Um, but if I had made a head decision, I would have been like, nah, man, I already know this, we're good. Like, why would, why would I pay somebody money to teach me to do this in my work? Um, but it unlocked a couple of little things. And so having that heart, and I think the more we do the practice of like actually listening to the heart and dropping in, the more we can trust when the heart goes, hey, let's go this way it makes it a lot easier to say, okay, I, tr I trust this because my heart hasn't led me wrong yet. Mm -hmm. See, it's interesting because for me, I normally do things because it's a whole body yes and I hate sales pages. And it's one thing as an entrepreneur, I'm like, oh no, people need information. <laughs> like, I, a lot of people don't trust the full body yeses. So. That's what I love about social media because it really gives you an opportunity to experience someone's energy before you've ever handed open your wallet. Like it's... It's really like, okay, is this the person for me? Not just what they're teaching, but is it their vibe? Is it their essence? Is it something that resonates? And if not, even if they have the perfect sales page, even if they've got all the right marketing language to lure you in, um, you have to trust resonance. And if resonance isn't there, then it's like, look elsewhere. There, there is not one single teacher in the world for any topic. No one is the one. And so, if you come across something where you're like, I want to learn about this, but not from that person, keep looking, you will find them. They're not the only one. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are being activated right now, too. So a lot of people are finally stepping into their gifts and really into, I feel the knowing that's been there the whole time. It's just that vulnerability of coming out of either the spiritual closet or making those big life changes that can feel very challenging. Because I know when I first popped out of the spiritual closet, like I was so meek and I'm like, oh, hey, like I'm offering these things. But because I wasn't confident, my first website, when I launched it, I basically had someone be like, is this a joke? What type of scam are you running? Because I offered Reiki and distance Reiki at the time. And I wasn't confident enough to say like, we're all made up of energy, <laughs> you know, and that there's no difference between the physical and space, but because it was just mirroring back my own internal securities. And since I've shifted, I haven't had anyone else call me a scammer or like question, at least the way that it was showing up before. Um, so it's like that claiming of your gifts and really embodiment of them also really will help anchor your yourself in. And I know for you and I, a huge part of that is, is this whole like Leo vibe. Um, but that is applicable to any sign. It's in the claiming of who you are and claiming your gifts, um, claiming what you actually want and what you feel and being unapologetic about it because you are allowed. If you're looking for permission, this is it. I'll just give it to you. You are allowed to want what you want and need what you need and feel what you feel and just go out and do it and claim it and own it. And, um, and if ever someone pushes back, just be like, well, Serena said so. And so I guess I'm allowed. <laughs> if you can't give it to yourself, take this as permission. <laughs> 
It's like, well, my mom said. <laughs> I asked my mommy and she said no. So I asked Serena and she said yes. I will always say yes to, to helping you honor what you feel, honestly. It's huge. It's important. Yeah. And as someone who denied her feelings and her needs for most of her life, and sometimes I still do, but I'm getting better at it. Um, I can tell you how much better it is when you just say yes to yourself and you deserve to say yes to yourself. And I will say that's one thing I actually really appreciate about our relationship is that we can both show up as a puddle of tears, a mess or an angry raging cycle. And we both are just like, cool, I can witness this and I can be there for you without making it wrong. I know sometimes we'll be like, okay, like what's this really about? But I feel like it is such a precious gift in my life to have a place where I can just show up in all the feels and know that I won't be judged for it. So it's just something that I don't take lightly and I'm really yeah. grateful for you. I appreciate that about you too. And it's not something that I've always had in friendships where sometimes I feel like I have to walk on eggshells or someone wouldn't be receptive to hearing it. And I think like some of it is also like, it's who we are, but I think also because we're both doing the work when we are mirroring that back, it's not like a defensive fuck you. It's like, Oh, okay, that actually makes me uncomfortable. I need to sit with that. Um, whereas I know, I mean, even tr some relationships that I still hold really dear, um, that that opportunity wouldn't be there because that mm. work isn't being done. And so any kind of reflection, even if it could support somebody's growth. And I think this kind of comes back to our past episode around when you start your spiritual path and you want to take everybody with you and not everyone's ready to go there. Um, I really appreciate that we're we're kind of doing this work in tandem so that it those conversations are even possible. It's a little love fest between us. We're just going to sit here and gush over each other. And it's like, I love you. And I love all of you too. <laughs> yeah, because here's what I know is that the people who are listening, if you are listening to this right now, you get this. You're probably our people because no one is going to hang out with us for an hour just to be like, fuck those guys. They are idiots. And I don't like what they have to say. No one would do that. They've got better things to do. Even angry people have better things to do with their time. And so I know that you guys get this. I know that you hear this and there's a little part of you that says, yeah, I'm, I'm the outsider too. And I, I need to claim that and know that, yeah, it might be uncomfortable to go at it alone for a little while, but I'm going to find my people as a result. Um, I know that you want to recognize what your gifts are and maybe you don't have anyone in your life right now who can reflect that back to you. And so you can do the work and ask the questions and dig in. Um, and I know that that's why you're hanging out with us because all of this makes sense to you. So we're glad you're here because, mm -hmm. you know, the, any work that you're doing has a ripple effect on the people who are listening to you, whether it's in podcasts or social media or Christmas dinner or whatever, you know what I mean? And I'm just totally side noting this and saying this is the most Leo episode ever to do because we're not talking about any other astrological sign ever. <laughs> and honestly, I don't think we ever will because uh, I, I don't think we know as much about the other signs as we do about Leos. But also, like, even for people who are not Leos, like this Leo season is really about that speaking up and being seen. And I think there's like a bunch of other planets that are also, I think Mercury is in Leo right now and maybe Pluto or something. I don't know. I'm not like an astrologer, but um, you know, when all these things start to line up and like Mercury being the planet of communication, well, that's all in speaking up, being seen, making impact. Like it's really about owning what you want to say and claiming your mission. This is the time. If you were ever like, 
okay, well, you know, we're heading into this like post pandemic world and I feel like I really should do something different because the way it was going before wasn't working. This is your chance. Use this time. It didn't mean you had like the time you spent baking banana bread wasn't valuable. That was valuable too. But now it's a time to assimilate everything that you've done in this last year and a half of being locked up and express what's on the other side. Yeah, I would say Leo season's really about embodiment yes. and really activating yourself, your essence and your gifts. So it might not be as out there as some other people, but it's really about embodying you, your essence, and really just making that self-declaration of love for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because you are wonderful. You are just a, like, you're just so great. And we're so glad you're here. Rochelle, you're going to bring forward a message for us today. Um, have you decided how you would like to bring that out? You know what? I The guides didn't tell me anything before, so uh, let me tune in here. Okay, they just want me to channel through, so let me get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Create space for the room, please. This is the Leo dropping in. <laughs> you can't see her, but she's got like the full like dramatic hands and everything. Okay, so if any of you are driving, they're saying you might not want to go into this part um, just because they're wanting to do a little bit of a meditative connection. So as always, I just like to say, take what resonates, leave what doesn't, and really allow yourself just a moment of space and pause for you. So as always, setting the intention that anything and everything that may come through for you is in the highest light and truth and greatest good, and that you are held through all time frames, planes, dimensions, and beyond through every cell of your being and as we call in your own personal teams of guides and angels we welcome in any keepers of light ancestors or beings of the highest light and truth and greatest good to come in for you we welcome any pathways of emergence to appear that might not have been there and we're also calling in the gatekeeper of the galaxy the one universal key that can open any pathway that you have felt blocked. And I'm seeing beautiful teams and streams of archangels, of ascended masters, crystalline energies, galactic connections, and all radiant energies of heart coming through. And so they're asking you just to take a moment of pause to drop within your own body drop into that belly and just really feel what is blocking you. Does it have a feel, a weight, a texture, a tonality, a color? Does it feel heavy or light or just like a cloud around you? Whatever it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like, just allow it to come through without judgment. And as this energy starts to collect into one specific form, we're calling in these keepers of light and the cherubim realm to come in for instant transmutation. So whether this form needs to be removed from the physical body, from your etheric bodies, or it's an energy or belief system that you've been holding onto that's no longer serving, in your highest capacity of light and truth, they are purifying it and releasing it and transmuting it here and now for you. 
And anything else in your heart that you're ready to release, that part of you that doubts yourself, the part of you that does not feel sovereign within your own truth. And all aspects of your energy that you have fragmented because you have not felt good enough or wise enough, or you don't feel that you have anything to offer, regardless of the divine truth, these feelings and these beliefs that have overcome you to not allow you to fully embrace your essence and being. We are releasing to the capacity of your heart here and now and giving these into the cosmic heart for pure divine transmutation. As we allow each of these tethers, each of these cords, hooks, imprints, implants, shackles, psychic debris, ancestral imprinting programming, cultural attachment, or anything else contributing to this meek energy within you, we're allowing it to be released here and now with your divine truth through all time frames, planes, dimensions, and beyond through every cell of your being. And with each exhale, releasing even further all the energies that no longer serve. With each inhale, claiming your divine essence and truth, calling in the divine fragments of yourself to be cleansed and cleared and reunited with you, connecting in with your energy, your essence, your vibrancy, your frequency, in connection to the one infinite allness of light, your heart, your truth, your divine divinity, and at this time, we ask your gifts to bring forward the remembrance of themselves. So whether the angels bring something to you or whether there's a remembrance within you, may it come forward here and now. And as you breathe into your heart and into the sacral center, that low belly, just feeling this radiance of essence drop in. And with this beautiful gatekeeper of the universe, we now ask that any doors that may be permanently closed be done so, and that new fresh energetic pathways that are in the highest alignment and greatest good for you open with effortlessness and ease and speed. So you know in truth in your heart where you need to go, who you need to be, and you claim it all here and now. For all this and more, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you. For it is so, so it is done. So be it. Oh, that was a juicy one. I hope if you had to pause this that you did come back because if you didn't, you missed out. Holy wow. Thank you. Um, that was a really, really incredible transmission. My little heart is just, anyway. Um, it actually really leads well into what we wanted to talk about because this episode is going to air initially on August the 4th, uh, 2021, which is the same week as the Lionsgate portal, which happens eight slash eight every year. Um, this is a time of activation. It's a time of opening. It is a time of possibility and everything that you want to step into and claims. If you're doing this work and examining and asking yourself like, who am I? What do I want? Um, then I have a really exciting thing that is happening. So it's going to actually be running from the new moon in August to the new moon in September. And the new moon of August happens to be on the Lionsgate portal day. So that is just like 
could you have supercharged this anymore? Absolutely not. It is really exciting. It is a, a little mini program called How to Be You. It has live calls every Sunday that have activations that have, um, they're really experiential calls where you are guided through. It's not just, you know, some kind of knowledge that I'm going to drop on you and hope that you figure it out for yourself. It really is a time where you are tended to and held. Um, there are these beautiful reflective journals you're going to get every week. Um, because as Rochelle said before, the embodiment piece is so important. Um, there's also walking meditations for you to take with you so that you're assimilating everything that you're learning and that you're giving that, that energy space to move. And it's only $99. I'm really excited. And so if this has, you know, put a little like full body yes, like we said before, or if you feel a little spark, I'll make sure that there is a link to the details in the show notes and you can sign up and join us. It is going to be happening in just a couple of days and I cannot wait to share it with you. Yes. So I think that is our episode this week, my friend. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. I know that we've gushed over you lots as much as we've gushed over each other, which is it's a big love fest here at Sacred Sips, but we do really appreciate it. So uh, share this episode, rate it, uh, jump in our DMs and let us know what you think. We can't wait to see you next time. Bye.